Welcome to episode 11 of the Swift Teacher Podcast. One lesson at a time towards... Swift World Domination. Joining us today is Carlos Garcia. Carlos lives and works in Valencia, Spain, and has an audiovisual communication degree from Universidad de Valencia and a master's in secondary education. Carlos worked for 10 years as a scriptwriter for television series of comedies, dramas, and entertainment programs. After working those 10 years in TV, Carlos changed careers and moved into the exciting world of teaching. In his school as a teacher, he's the communication and innovation department coordinator as well as a teacher. So he has two different points of view as an educator and he loves it. Carlos works hard to empower his students through the use of technology in the classroom because he is deeply convinced of the power of Apple resources for students in the 21st century classroom. Carlos, oh, hola, buenos dias. Hola, Brian. Hello. Yes, and if anybody's out there worried, that is the extent of my Spanish that I speak, so <laughs> the rest of the uh, podcast will be in English. How are you today, Carlos? Uh, I'm very happy to participate in your podcast, so I'm very happy today Great. to I'm be gl- here. I'm glad you could join us. Uh, first of all, why don't you tell us where you teach and what you do in your school? Well, uh, as you have said, I live in Valencia. That is the third most important city in Spain. I don't know if uh, American people know where Valencia is. It's in the east of the country, near the Mediterranean Sea. And there I work at the Colegio Internacional Levante. It is a private school where, where I teach Spanish, audiovisual communication, and, and coding uh, mainly. So those three subjects... Spanish? Yes. So that keeps you quite busy, I'm sure. Yes, I think so, because in fact, uh, besides that, I have to do all my coordination of, of communication department and innovation department. So I, I have, I, I am busy every day. I bet. So was the coding something that happened just within the last couple of years? Is that relatively new? Yes, because uh, when, when I saw your questions, uh, when you uh, sent to me, I thought that my my story into the the teaching coding world was um, different or was curious, but in fact, listening your your other interviews, I have seen that there are other teachers as me that they don't they didn't have any any relationship with the with the programming with coding before, and as me, they has been in contact, in contact with the coding just this year. So let me explain what is my, my, my journey into the teaching coding. At the beginning of this school year, uh, in September of last year, I have no idea about coding. In fact, when I saw any Swift code line, it looked like hieroglyphic to me. Then my colleague Rodrigo Hido, who is an ADE too in Spain, an IT manager of my school told me about Swift Playgrounds application and Swift programming language. And it was love at first sight because I have been always interested in coding, science, basic language back then in the 80s. But even so, we have never studied uh, any other coding language. However, in this case, in a month, I had completed until they learned to code three. As you may know, there are, are, there are three different books or playground books, Learn to Count 1, 2, and 3. And in nine months, uh, I was able to create two playground books, which made it possible 
teaching Spanish and coding together. Wow. One of them, one of them is uh, the, the, the egg and the chicken that our listeners can download from an iTunes U course that I think it has to, it, it, it's going to like them. So, Wow, that's an incredible story. So you went from no coding experience to learning Swift to creating your own playground books in nine months. Yes, yes. Great. And um, for anybody interested, I will put the link to Carlos's iTunes U course so you can see his one of his playground books, The Chicken or the Egg, which I cannot say in Spanish, even though I practiced with Carlos before <laughs> <laughs> we started. Um, but that's really, this, this is the whole point of why I started this podcast is that I know there are teachers out there who just because they had this interest in learning how to become coders or programmers that they picked it up on their own and whenever people ask me well how should i get started i tell them start with the swift playgrounds app yes it's perfect and then you will learn the language and then if you want to keep going go to intro to app development with swift we have the new app development with swift curriculum that just just came out so that's quite a journey really fast it's that's fantastic yes in fact there is um there is a lot of material that Apple is giving us at this moment, which we can use to, to learn and to teach coding. So the only thing you have to do as a teacher is go to the web, uh, Apple webpage and download all this material and start to, to learn as you want and add your own um, time as you want. So it's, 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 it's great today to, to learn to code. I learned when I started the, my journey into learning how to program and code, I started in Objective-C. And yeah. <laughs> what I, one of the things, the most important lessons I took away from that journey to learn to develop apps was, one, all other apples and any other software I can figure out on my own. After I figure out Xcode, I'm like, I got this. And nothing could be more complicated than that. So I'm, I'm not intimidated by software at all anymore. But not only that, but that was like, one of the greatest professional learning experiences I've ever had. I, I set a goal, I learned this, and I accomplished my goal. So it was, it, I learned about, a lot about myself and a lot about programming in general. Yeah, yeah it's true. It's true. Before I go on, I, I, I forgot to mention it in the bio. C Carlos is part of the new ADE class of uh, 2017. So congratulations, Carlos. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm so proud to be part of this big group of innovators, uh, teachers, uh, hard workers, because uh, all the people I knew in the ADE Academy in Netherlands was a fantastic people. And I think it, it, this is a very good opportunity to, for me to to be a better teacher and to share all the things that I learned there with all my, my colleagues in my school. It's, it's, a, it's a very, very, I don't know, I don't know so much adjectives to, to say that, but I'm so proud to be part of this group. Yes, welcome. Thank you very much, Brian. I say all, to all the new ADs, you have no idea how your life is going to change. You made a good point. Not only does your life change, but I know that my colleagues back in my district they have also, and, my, and students in my district have benefited from me, all the knowledge that I've been able to gain from other ADEs. I, I think this is a very, very important part of this, of, to be uh, an, an ADE, that is to share all our knowledge with our colleagues in the school and the other school in, 
in the place where, where we live. Yes, well said. What is your favorite part of teaching coding? Well, in fact, my favorite part is look at the face of my students when their lines of code become a button or a level in their live view, in their iPad. It is like, a wow, and I have done this only writing. It's, in, it's incredible, the feeling of being able to create things and made it work only with your fingers. I mean, when they are working uh, in my class, only uh, writing some lines of text in their iPad, and when they run the code and the, these lines come to life, come to live in, come to life in, in the live view, it's, it's, it's amazing for them. But if I had to try another part, if it would be the possibility to teach coding outdoors, the Playgrounds app gives you the opportunity of teaching code wherever you want, and they, that's perfect for me. My school has a kind of middle with a trees in the middle, and I love go there with my students and writing a few code lines under the willow. This is something that it was more more difficult to do a few years ago when you need a, a computer, a, a world computer to to coding. So I think the people had, that has invented the Playgrounds application has done a very good job for us, for the people who, who loves coding, because you, in fact, you can code everywhere, in your home, when you are in the bus, or when you are doing something. And this, this, is, this is a very, very interesting part of coding today to me. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. I know that when I have updated my iTunes U course, A Swift Time to Code, the last time I did it last year was all on an iPad. Yeah. So you made a great point. The iPad is super powerful now. Swift Playgrounds is a fantastic app for coding that you could get a lot of coding work done. I don't know if a lot of programmers use it for their actual programming work, but my students what my senior students who uh, were working in the intro to app development course last year, we would use Swift Playgrounds for them to like mess around with code and prototype code and then move it onto the Mac. They could just airdrop it to the Mac. So Exactly. I know uh, some, some developers that use Swift Playgrounds as a, as a tool to, to do the, the first draft oh, wow. of, of their, their application. So, so I think it could be a very useful tool in, with, uh, to the people who is working uh, as a professional of developing too. Yes. I, I think, you know, given, given the choice, I would rather code on my 10 and a half inch iPad Pro than I would the 12 inch MacBook. So it sounds like you are teaching Swift on both iOS and Mac, yes? Yeah. In fact, in, in my school, I, I do an app creation workshop where the students have to create uh, their own application from the, the beginning of the year until the, the end. And I used to start uh, working with the iPad and coding directly in a blank Canva of the, of the Playgrounds application. When the students have to write, I think that when the students learn to write all the code needed to create, for example, an object of, of an application as a button or a label in a view controller, they understand better that the object you drag and drop into the storyboard when you use Xcode has, code, has a code behind that someone has code to you. I mean, doing all the, doing everything from, from the beginning, you are learning that 
when you use your Xcode and the storyboard of Xcode, all the all things that you are using has a, a lines of code behind. So it, I think this is important. But at the middle in the at the middle of the school year, we used to jump into Xcode using the the app development with Swift material provided by by Apple because when they have to do their own application, they have to work with a professional tool as Xcode is. And they used to, to go through from in the material, in the intro to the app development with Swift material, we go straight on to the projects because in fact, in my school, we used to learn to code from kindergarten so my students have the knowledge to use the, the language and going and directly to put them in. So they, they, they can go straight on the projects to do it properly. So I think we are, we use the two, the two tools, the iOS material to learn to code and the Mac materials to learn to code. And we think, and I think this is a very good opportunity to the students to to make the travel I I did when when I learned to code. Wow, that's a lot to unpack. So it sounds like you're using Swift Playgrounds, yeah, Learn to Code one, two, and three, Intro to App Development with Swift, and your students are starting as young as kindergarten. Yeah, and in my school we are implementing all the curriculum with Swift in, in coding with Swift Playground with Swift language. We started in in kindergarten using Bluebot. And after that, we, we are working with, with CodeSpark in the first primary years. CodeSpark Tinker, that as you may know, at this moment we uh, can be programmed by Swift language directly, not only by blocks. And after that, in the second part of primary, we jump into Learn to Code 1 and 2. And uh, in secondary, we start with Learn to Code 2, two and 3. And jump into the app development with with Swift. So yes, we have we have this this curriculum or all, all along our school years. So when you are and when they arrive to my workshop uh, that is in secondary school, they they have the enough knowledge to work and uh, directly with the the application we have to do. I really like how your district is all in, so the students are getting a really consistent experience from kindergarten on in the one language. That really leads for very a possibility of some very deep learning of the Swift language, which I've ar- I'm, I've argued since they um, open source Swift, like it, it's the language to learn. Our students are going to be able to learn. Uh, app development, as well as back-end development, server development. I know students in my district, I'm going to be teaching some server-side Swift starting this fall. But that's really the power of the language. And what I really like is how you, you use all the environments of your school. You use, it sounds like a, what we would call in English, a courtyard, and then take them out under the tree and so they can really work anywhere. I really, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, in fact, when we work with, uh, for example, uh, Mindstorms, uh, do you know uh, Lego Mindstorms to, to do robotics? I do, yes. Uh, okay, as you may know too, uh, we can 
coding them now with Swift in with Swift Playgrounds app. And it's amazing because you are using the same language to do all the coding and robotics uh, issues in your in your school. So the, it, it is a cross-curricular uh, learning, uh, not only with coding, but with robotics. And I think it's more interesting for the students and more useful because they are learning only one one kind of one language, one programming language. Yes. I, the Lego Mindstorms, um, we have a, an engineering program at my high school, uh, a robotics program. And I think last year I got the, I got our school to buy some Spheros. I think this year my ask eventually. Exactly. Yes. I, those are great. The students in uh, my, my coding, my programming classes like them. Our engineering students like them, but I think uh, Lego Mindstorms is going to be my ask this year now that they can be done and programmed with Swift. It's fair to exactly. So I found you in the ADE community, and all, I saw some of the great things you were doing <laughs> when I found that you had started a Clips video series. Clips is the new lightweight video editing app for iOS, and I saw that you created a Clips video series to teach some basics of Swift. Why don't you tell us about that project? Well, uh, this project was born in the last academy that in my case was, as I have said before, in the Netherlands. As you may know, the project of this year was to create a little video using this application, Clips, where you, have, where you had to show your main interest in education. I chose coding and I joined a couple of friends, David Perez from Canary Island, and Rodrigo Hido, my colleague in Valencia, who had a group called the Big Bang Coding Team, named after the famous sitcom. And I started to do these this videos under this name, this Big Bang Coding Team. But there was another reason to do, to do the videos that uh, in, in that case, in this academy, I, have, I had to do a showcase. And my showcase in the academy was about using your playground books to teach humanities and coding together. To give examples, and I showed the playground book I had created, and this, uh, the, the egg and the chicken we, we were talking about before. And after the showcase, a group of teachers told me that they were interested in creating their own playground books. So I thought that it would be a good idea to make some short videos to show the basics of Swift language, encouraging the teachers to go beyond and start to learn by themselves. So this is the reason um, why I'm doing this, this series of videos. I think that there are a lot of interest of these kind of files, uh, playground books, which, which are really, really interesting material to, because you can program them uh, and you can teach with them anything you want, not only coding, but coding with other subjects or other contents that you need in your class. For example, uh, speaking about uh, the egg and the chicken, that is my playground book, I use it to, to teach in my Spanish class instructional texts while I'm explaining to, to, my, to my pupils the basics of Swift language as, for example, strings, data, integers, arrays, and so on. So I think in this case, with the egg and the chicken, can be used not only in a Spanish class, but they can be used in history class or in our class 
because in fact it's in a in a it's a game where you have to sort items in chronological order. So you have to know, for example, what invention was first or what um, period of time art period was first. So you can use it in different subjects while they while you are teaching uh, Swift language uh, together uh, at the same time. So I think it's a, it is a powerful tool to to work in in the school. Yeah, that's that's I, I really have enjoyed your series so far, and I you bring up so many good points that Swift and program teaching programming is really good. You can across the curriculum. You use it with teaching Spanish. Uh, I'm going to have students do a project in some of their other classes with coding. And it, one of the powerful things, I think, is that for those students who aren't necessarily really excited about learning history or English or another language, by allowing them to do a project by coding, we'll, they, will, they will learn almost accidentally yeah. uh, through what they have to learn to accomplish their coding goals. Exactly. And... I like your clip series so much. Actually, there's um, some discussion um, going on in the AD community about creating a clip series about coding and Swift. And uh, I will bring you into that conversation because I don't know that they've seen what you have done. They've talked about creating a um, uh-huh. a uh, YouTube channel. Where can people see your clips Swift videos? Well, just now I I have uploaded in my YouTube channel. You can I think I have write in my the, the the address at the end of the interview, and you can share with the with the listeners in the uh, as the other things. And uh, there you can see the videos. And I'm going to to start uh, uh, a blog, but at this moment it's not ready. Uh, so. When the blog uh, uh, were be ready, I'm going to share with you if, if you can. So they can at this moment they can uh, see it, see them in my YouTube channel, Carlos Garcia Garcia YouTube. Okay, so I will put the link to Carlos's uh, YouTube channel in the show notes, and that's where you can find all those clips of videos. They're fantastic. They were, the, what they'll be fantastic for is using it in your class with your students yes. or as a quick review for them. Exactly. Like, oh, how do I do this? Oh, here's this clips video. Why don't you go check it out super fast? Exactly. That's it. I, I'm going to use, I, I want to use it, use them in the next uh, September in my class to start uh, speaking about coding or uh, we are going to declare some variables or constant, and we have these videos to start the lesson or or the place where the students can go with if they have some doubt about what they have to do. So, so I think it, it, it could be a very useful videos to do that. And I I want to 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 share one video in a couple of weeks. Uh, no, next week I want to to share another video speaking about compar- the comparators, and I'm going to, to to share another video next next week. So that's it. Okay, be on the lookout. So next week will probably actually be when this uh, podcast is published. That video will be published soon. Be on the lookout for it. You can check it out by finding the link in the show notes. Uh, in fact, I think that this video has another another good point that is that encourage the the people to 
to go go beyond. Uh, I mean, not only to seeing the video, you are not going to to learn to code. Uh, but you, you can um, learn how uh, where you have to go to to achieve more information. For example, if you want to know more information about how to declare variables and constants, you can go to learn to code too, or you can go to Apple development uh, page. So I think it's uh, the first door you have to open to go inside uh, this world of coding. And it, it, it would be a good idea to start looking these uh, short videos. I agree. They're perfect for that. So you... This Swift is your first language, so you don't can't really compare yes. it. But I know you have my only language. I, I know you have some very thought, strong thoughts about Swift. Why don't you tell us? Well, in fact, I, as I've said, I never taught coding before, and in fact, I don't know any other coding language as you have said. Therefore, I can compare. But I think Swift, I, I it's a great language because it's easy to learn, as as I can explain. Speaking of my own example. And easy to understand, to read, because it's, it has a very simple grammar. And in fact, it's very, very uh, easy to teach. I think the students understand all the instructions you are giving them because as they can read the, the text they are writing, it's easy. They are not, they, it's easy to read. I don't know how to explain better. But it has a very simple grammar, as every every specialist can can explain uh, us. And as the first and as the first coding language I have learned, it is like my mother tongue. Is speaking of coding language, so I, I I'm in love with Swift. If I'm hearing you correctly, what I'm hearing you say is that, and and it's evidenced by your really rapid journey from no programming experience to creating your own. Swift Playground books is that it's something because the grammar is so easy. We would say that that's it, it makes it an expressive language. It's easy to write. It's easy to read. So, and I think that's that's what makes Swift such a powerful teaching language. Yeah, but in fact, it's, it's too because there are a lot of materials that you can use to learn it. So, if it's easy to read and you have all the things you need uh, at your hand. So it's easy to to do to start learning something, as I think is as if you want to learn English, for example, that you have a lot of materials in, in internet and you have a lot of podcasts you can listen. So I think Swift in this moment, I, I think uh, Apple is doing a very strong effort to do this uh, language very accessible to, to the people. So, in fact, they have their slogan, everyone can code. That, that's true, everyone can code. You have to, to study a lot, you have to work hard, because in fact, I was, I had to, to study in my home after, after my classes, I have to, to investigate a lot. It's not, I mean, learning is an, is a, is an, an effort you have to do. And I, it's not, not, it's not only that the, the, the language is easy, but, but you have to put, you have to do a lot of work to, to learn to code, in fact. Yes, yeah. Nothing, nothing ever worth doing is easy. What has been most surprising to you in teaching Swift? Well, first of all, to discover that the students become as fans as me when they begin to know how to code. 
And secondly, using the Swift tools, you can see the, the results of your code immediately. And this is very important because the students can learn testing at the moment and solving mistakes if needing. The process of type safe thing that uh, Swift has, where you, if you have a mistake in a line of code, they rapidly put a red dot in the left part of the line. So this is perfect for the students because they normally, when they play some video games or where they do something today, they used to prove and have a, have a mistake and return and do it again. So I think this is, this, that is very easy for them. They can, write some lines of code and see what is the, the result of these lines of code immediately. And that's, that's great too. Yeah, I, I think that is one of the biggest improvements that Swift has made, especially as a teaching language, is that with Objective-C, you had to run your code and then you would find your mistakes. You would see that red dot, which just by the way, the red dot, as, as I, I learned it when I was becoming a programmer, the programmers call that blood on the screen. <laughs> With Swift, the immediate compilation of the code, you get to see your mistake right away, stop, exactly. figure out what's going on, fix it, and then move on. You don't have to you know, finish everything and maybe keep making mistakes uh, along, along the way that compound to it. And then you have a bunch of errors you would have to fix. Exactly. So, yeah, I really, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's one of the strongest components of Swift. So how have your students responded uh, to learning Swift besides the fact that they've become fans of Swift? I think they love coding uh, in general, but in some moments they think that learn to code is only to give order to the game. Is when you use learn to code one and two, they have to uh, put uh, orders in the in the screen and the characters uh, have to do the, their orders. So they can arrive a moment where they think that this is coding and that's all. We have to make, as a teachers, them thinking about coding. What, what are they doing? Think about how to do the same more efficiently. That This is very important for me. And how to correct these bugs that turn them crazy, these red points in the screen. In conclusion, they have to share with us, uh, with the teachers, their knowledge and rewrite as much as possible this line of code that, uh, to make the coder better. I think it's not only to give orders, but to think about how the things can, can be done, sorry. The students have to, have to think about what they are doing while they are coding. They have to problem solve and exactly. set out their work and outline their work. You just started this journey into teaching coding and your school has just t started this. If there is a teacher or an, a school administrator or a school leader out there listening and once is thinking about starting uh, to teach coding or programming with Swift, what suggestions would you have for them? Well, I think nowadays uh, currently today is the best moment to teach coding. We have a powerful tools as the iPad and the Mac, but more important than this, the, to have these powerful tools is that the Apple is giving us all the materials and support that we are going to need to implement coding as an important subject all over the curriculum. Furthermore, the, as, as we have said, uh, we have talking about, Apple slogan is true, everyone can code. And we can code everywhere, even in the place without with a signal. And that's great. So I think it's a very, very good moment to people who are interested in, in coding to learn to code. 
because it would be a great idea if you if you learn how to code with all of these materials Apple is giving us. Uh, we can do a lot of things in, in our schools. We can create uh, a lot of applications. We can create our our own playground books. And uh, so as a teachers and as a pupils of our schools, it's a very good moment to discover this science, this, this subject as coding is. That is well said that this is the best time to start, and Apple has given us this great curriculum and the great materials that they've created, and they spent a lot of time, and they're all free, uh, no additional cost. Fraser Spear has mentioned in uh, Episode 8 on this podcast that the materials are so good, it's almost like it would be an accomplishment for a teacher to mess it up exactly, and to do something wrong. Really, they, they've created fantastic materials for us to use as teachers, and I, I'm, I'm I'm thankful for that. What I'm really interested to hear about now is a Spanish perspective about what what are your favorite podcasts? Well, I have uh, two favorite podcasts. The first one is called Apple Coding. It is a podcast about developing uh, made by a Spanish developer called Julio Cesar Fernandez. And I, I have a very good remember of this because it was my first uh, approach to Swift language. I, think, I mean, when I started to, to learn to code with Swift, I listened for first time this podcast. Uh, he told me and he told me uh, things that I, I need to know in this moment about Swift language and the, the frameworks you have to use to create an application. And I think Julio Cesar Fernandez is a very, very good communicator in Spain. I recommend everyone to, to listen to this podcast. It's in Spanish, Apple Coding. And the other one is Hacia Falta, in Spanish in this case. In this podcast, an engineer and a journalist talk about different topics, as films, technology, comics, developing too. And it's very, very funny to listen to them, and, and I recommend everyone to listen, Hacia Falta, too. All right. So those are both in Spanish. And, of course, this one. Your your podcast is a very great list of, of podcasts about teaching coding. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, Carlos, we've learned all about you, but those people who are interested to see more of things you create, where can they find you or your work online? Where you can follow me on Twitter with at García Alcubo. You can see, write it in... The show notes. The show notes. Perfect. Or in my YouTube channel, as you, as I said before, YouTube Carlos Garcia Garcia. And if you are in the ADE community, you can follow me in as Garcia Alcubo in, in the people of the community. So even in, in a few weeks, I want to launch my own blog as soon as possible to share my, my materials and reflections with other teachers all around the world. And then when it be ready, I promise to give you the link and if it is, is it possible to share with everyone. Yes, I will add it to the show notes uh, after I get the link at a later time. Carlos, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to speak to me. It was a pleasure, Brian, to to to, to have a time, to, to have this time to, to speak with you too. If you'd like to find the show notes, you can find them in, in your podcast player of choice 
or over at swiftteacher.org slash podcasts. And if you're enjoying the podcast and find it useful, please consider leaving us a review uh, over at Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to join our Swift Teacher Slack team, you can sign up by going to swiftteacher.me from any web browser or by accessing the link in the show notes. We will see you next time. Time to get Swifty. 